Yeah, 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 yeah. What's the deal? You are now in tune to Out the Box Talks. I'm your host, Krill. I got my brother A Level across from me. What's up? You're now listening to the South Bronx Finest. It's A Level the Flyers. Yes, this this is episode 15. Our second episode of the year. We're going strong this year, A Level. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Definitely. About to go episode 15. Indeed, indeed, indeed. So um, I definitely want to big up all the listeners that's been checking us out. Thank you. Want to shout out our hip hop, uh, our Facebook group, Hip Hop Thinks Out the Box, all the wonderful people that uh, communicate in the Jamal group. Jamal Seward. Shout out. Shout out to uh, Julian Stout. Shout Word out up. to my man Greg. Um, who else? Who else we got? Who else we got? Man, we got a lot of people, man. Shout out to my my brother, my boy, um... Man, I be these names be escaping me, but <laughs> my boy Lavar, man, shout out Lavar for being on there. You know what I mean? Um, uh, it's a number of people that Chad. be on Chad. You know, um, lot of lot of heads that you know hit us up on the Facebook group, man. Thank y'all for tuning in, and you know, just giving y'all thoughts. And this show, we're gonna be expounding on some of the topics that we've been posting in the Facebook group. So. Um, we actually opened the phone lines today because we want people to call in. So whether you're in the group or whether you just follow Out the Box on any of our social platforms, um, definitely we put the number out there for you to call. I'm going to state the number again, actually, while, while I'm on here. Um, but, you know, it's out there. The number is 718-509-9305. All right. Um, we are pre-recording this episode, so... Um, I guess me stating the number didn't make a, make a much difference. But um, for future, if you hear this episode, that's the number you'll call to, you know, check in um, um, to, you know, just to give your thoughts on the opinions. So, A-Level, what's good, man? What's, what's good with you? Uh, man, just was watching the uh, Oscars. Oscars oh, last wow. night, man. Um, yeah, I missed that. Watching uh, this movie. What's the movie? Parasite. Walk away with how many uh, Oscars? You know, it made history mm. for the first time in 92 years. A non-English speaking film, wow! You know, won at the Oscars. Really? So I think it's uh, is it North Korean or South Korean? Well, I know it's, it's Korea. Okay. You know, and um, he took he took best film, and I believe best director over over the Irishman. Over over Scorsese and. Yeah, I didn't even catch the Irishman. I got to check that out. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, I know it's on Netflix. But, um, yeah, I totally missed the Oscars last night, man. I was actually preparing for this show, like focusing on this show. Right. Um, But uh, we got a lot of things we can talk about today. We're trying to limit our topics to, like, three topics. We might go to, like, three and a half today. But, um, really, um, we got a lot of things that's been going on in hip-hop, in the music industry in general. So why don't we jump off to our first topic? We're going to go to the phone lines in another 10 minutes. So uh, hopefully people call in to give their opinions on this topic. But the main topic of today is a level. What is, is there room for morality in the record industry? And wow. the reason why we came up with this topic is because it's a highly popular topic of one of the uh, Facebook groups that we, myself and Krill, frequent you know shout out to deal. one mic one mic one mic you guys definitely uh they're there for the inspiration 
So um, there's a there's a topic posted and currently in one mic, which probably has about 187 comments, <laughs> which is like so many other places. Uh, and recently, uh, Puff Daddy was at the, the the Grammys and he gave this this speech that he got a standing ovation for, mm. and the speech was pertaining to um business practices and um being more about the artist and more for the artist and um you know uh, giving the artist what what what's due to them mm-hmm. you know and what's fair and things of that nature so he kind of opened up pandora's box to the situation mm-hmm. and put himself out there mm-hmm. because shortly afterwards he got a nice twit <laughs> you know twit. from from, <laughs> from 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 mace right you know it was like paragraphs upon paragraphs but the main thing that he highlighted on it was like oh really since we're doing that now okay yeah. all right well listen um how about we start with you guy yeah because um you know i've been talking to you about trying to get my publishing back for the last how many years wow and i sold at 19 years old i sold my publishing to you for twenty thousand dollars 19 years old yeah. i didn't realize he was that young 19 yeah Went behind the ears don't really know anything. Yeah. Looking at you, Puff, you're the you're the citadel and the epitome of everything I want to become. Uh-huh. You know, was he that business minded or anything like that? Probably very not. Very few are. Yeah. And 19? if they are, if they are nah. coming through with that kind of business savvy, it's very few, few and far between. Yeah. So when you're coming from a very impoverished neighborhood and your your, your ribs are touching and all you see is what you want and is in front of you, mm-hmm. will you get compromised? Sure. Yeah. Many have because it's that bad. I want to get out from where I'm at, where I'm at, and I'm thinking and I'm believing. And this is the mindset, unfortunately, for many of us that walk into the industry. We feel as though we have the industry has our best interests at heart because all we see is what's on TV and what we hear. And you know, everybody got the nice cars, and mm-hmm. you live in a good life. Once I made a record, I made it right. Mm-hmm. No, it's not like that. So he sold it away. And now here we are, but 20 years later, Wow! you know, over 20 years later, he says that um, I tried to buy back my publishing for you for, for, for $2 million. I offered to buy back my publishing and you turned the offer down because you said some European guy, uh, if you can, if you can match that European guy's offer, That's then, crazy. then I'll sell it back to you. Yeah. If not, then you got to wait until you're 50 years old or something like that. Wow. Now, yeah. Let me, um. I, let me just kind of give folks where this article... I, well, actually, no, it, it, it showed up on Mace's Twitter feed, right? You yes. said, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man, this is crazy, man. Like, And then uh, shout out to OK Player. They did a post where um, mm-hmm. they were saying, um, you know, black mm-hmm. executives have to be honest. Right. Right, and I, I totally agree with that. Like, um, it says black music executives have to be honest about lying. Right. This is a topic that I feel gets overshadowed, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, we be like, you know, all, you know, black this and black ownership and stuff. And it be some of our same own that People. be doing it to us, you know? And I mean, there's been talk about Puffy having this history, right? Um, I, for one... I like what Diddy is doing, right? In terms of revolt and black ownership, black business, right? Like, I'm, I, I want to champion him, you know what I mean? But, like, if this is really the case, like, 
Yeah, man, he got to take it, a back it, seat and like in, it's fix in, some things. You know what I mean? It's been in people's faces for years. Yeah, we've all been turning a blind eye to it. I've seen it, right? And many people that are close to me know that I see it, and I always point it out. Yeah, this has been going on since '95, bro. Yeah, you know, Diddy for not nothing or anything else, and you know I don't wish bad on nobody. It's yeah, just yeah. that I'm just trying to hold you accountable. Right, I'm holding you accountable because every artist that you sign from '95. To now, where are they? Yeah. Where are they? Yeah. You always seem to outlive your artists. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 wow. and, and it's documented. Don't have to take my word for right, it. Right, right. Go into the records. Yeah. Go into the history. Yeah. It, it, it's documented. The Locks went to Hot 97 on two occasions. Yeah. Two occasions. One, to let the Locks go. Remember the Let the Locks Go campaign yeah, yeah, yeah. and wearing T-shirts and all this other stuff? Going on, Andy Martinez talking about that. Now, why would they feel that necessary that they have to go to that level? Right. Somewhere along the lines of what they were saying is that he was not a reachable guy. Mm. Wasn't returning phone calls promptly, you know, wasn't really addressing them. So they felt as though they had to go desperate measures and put him on blast and go viral with it. Right. And that's the only way they really got a response out of him to let him go. And that's how they got to negotiations and litigations. Right. Right. Second occurrence with the locks again. Only this time around, it's not the locks that that are that are vouching for themselves or mm-hmm. lobbying for themselves. They're lobbying about Biggie's publishing. Right. So Life After Death sold over 10 million copies, right? You do the math. If I'm owning a hundred percent of this guy's publishing, how many years later after his death? Is that fair to his children? Is that fair to the estate? They were like, yo, let some of that go. Let that go. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. So, you know, you know, he, Biggie said it best, you know what I'm saying? If I if I die, I take care of my daughter, Tiana. You know what I'm saying? Right, and right. And from my understanding, she wasn't being taken care of. But yet you sell yourself as this person that is trying to be legitimate and you're trying to do this and you're trying to do that, but that's really not what it is. Right. You know? So... You know, then another occasion with Source Money. Source Money was went went public with it. Yeah, he was like, "Dude, that dude owed me money." He's talking about Diddy. Yeah. Wow. He owed me money. Who, guess who you think wrote "We'll Always Love Big Papa"? Yes, yes, I remember that. Oh, I'll be missing you. Right. Who you think wrote that? Diddy already made it. Tell you, I don't, don't worry if I write rhymes. I write checks. Right. So he's already he doesn't write any rhymes. He don't make any beats. Yeah. You have no real musical talent. So basically, everything about him that is of value is his personality. Yes. He's the most valuable personality that there is. And that's what I salute him for. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. For someone who doesn't really have that much musical talent at all, he has an ear for talent. Yes. And knowing how to go through different avenues to be able to build a successful industry from it. Right. He's the greatest at that. Right. He's also the greatest at selling it to you and making you love him for not having any of this talent. Right, right. He's a right. magician. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And don't worry if I write rhymes, I write checks. Okay, boom. So he didn't write it. Yeah. And he was like, this guy's ducking him. He never paid me my money. Right, right, right. So that's three different occasions of you being shady. So, yeah. so what are we talking about? 
Yeah. When you get on a soapbox like that and you get on that stage, you know what I'm saying? You're going to shout that kind of stuff out. You need to you need to assess yourself first. That's right. Assess where and you it's, are. And it's, it's interesting. As soon as he said it, like, people started coming. Like, as soon as Mace made his statement, a lot of people came to that defense. You know what I mean? Because it makes sense. You know what I mean? Oh. But I, I know that the topic, we, 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 we decided to do this topic based off of this recent situation with Diddy and Mace. But I really want to be clear that this is... All execs, right? Like all, all no matter the race, and it, like and, it, and this goes that all the way back that do this. You know what I mean? To Sugar Hill, Sylvia Robinson yeah, days. Yeah, yeah. You know the Sugar Hill gang. They made a documentary about how how bad their experience was at Sugar Hill Records. You know, mm-hmm. did they make the same mistakes? Sure did. Yeah. And why haven't we as artists really learned from that yet? Yeah. You know, try to learn the business. Before we do the fun part. The fun part is the fact that I have talent and I can work on my talent and I can right. affect my talent. That's right. the fun part of it. Right. The not so fun part is the business part. Yes. But doing the not so fun part is what protects you in the long run. Yeah. So that's the accountability from the artist side. But we cannot let these record industry execs off the hook anymore. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. We can't let Puff off the hook. A lot of them want to do it. But I'm not doing that. You know what I'm saying? Word. You know, we're going to open up the phone lines uh, actually right now. So if you want to call in and kind of follow follow up on this topic, of course, we got other topics to speak about today. We're going to talk about Jay Dilla, his uh, legacy 14 years after his death, um, you know, um, his untimely death, I would say. Um, and also, um, we're going to be talking about Ice Cube's conversation with Talib Kweli on his People's Party show about storytelling being a high level of emceeing. So um, just kind of want to put that out there. So if anyone wants to call in, we're here. The number is out there for you to call in. Um, I want to ask you this question, A-Level, in regards to that main topic is in an industry where one of the main goals is to garner profit, can a record exec or one who is control of, is in control of the financial handlings of the music business, be fear in giving the artist his financial just due, or is this just the nature of the business? Um, is this possible for an exec or an, a, a music owner to a music business owner to be fear and and, and to to be balanced to be like okay after this particular amount of time you get to own your masters or you get this you know you get to you get what you you're, you're you you want or you invested into this like is this possible or is the business does the business make this hard to happen it sure is possible mm-hmm. it's possible any anything is possible mm-hmm. um the question is before we even start discussing is it possible we have to answer the question of where our hearts are mm. as record business people. What's our motive? You know, where's my character? And am I just seeing this for the sake of greed? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Do I want to make hand over fist money and I don't care about anything or anybody else? Right. Do I want to build a career that's going to last over the long haul? Right. Cause most deaf said it best, you know, um, how come the industry build careers that don't last mm. in questions? 
the industry doesn't in, in in over 20 years you have yet to see a label that builds careers that last for you know for the duration you know your average rap career r&b career last may last maybe about 5 to 10 years before they move on to the next thing so my thing as a record executive if i'm a record executive i'm questioning what is my motive? Do I, am I putting myself in this artist's shoes? Most record companies are not. Mm. Yeah. Everyone's selfish. It's, Everyone's about, selfish. it's about personal benefit. The house always yeah. wins. The house always wins. It's like playing in Vegas, you know? It's like yeah. playing in Vegas at the end of the day. And um, sure, you may go in there and you may win you know, a thousand dollars, five thousand dollars, but the way the industry is designed is designed for the for for the industry to win mm-hmm. and for the artist to lose. Mm-hmm. You're gonna lose a lot before you gain, and by the time you do gain something, you're like you're like twenty years in mm. with your tongue out, and <laughs> you're kind of exhausted. Right, and now you finally learned the business, but you lost a lot of time. You I- lost you lost out a lot of time. I believe it's possible, but like I think, like you said, you got to be fair on both sides. People have to be in it to be fair. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't feel like you, you know, you can't be successful financially without making sure everybody gets their just due. You know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. I feel like we we might need to get somebody on the show who has an experience, right? of the music business from, you know, the financial end of it. Well, from the financial side. Or who has has the executive experience to kind of talk more about some of the things that goes on behind the scenes. Because I I honestly, I would like to give the execs the benefit of the doubt. I can speak to an extent. But it sounds too shady to me. I can speak to an extent because I actually went to school and I studied this stuff. So when you... An artist, a recording artist coming in the door, the record industry will, they used to give you two contracts coming in. They will give you a contract for the ownership of your masters, Mm -hmm. which is a recording contract, and they'll give you a contract for the ownership of your songs, Mm -hmm. which is a publishing contract. Mm -hmm. Artists come in, and all they're thinking about is making some money. Mm. When can I jump into that limo? Mm. When can I get into that swimming pool? When can I buy that house? So they're thinking when they sign these things, I'm well on my way. I got a recording contract and now I can actually, instead of working at Models or working at whatever every day, I can use the money from my label deal and live off of that. And knowing that you have to live off of that, but that is the money that the label has loaned you to produce your album. Right. So the record company in themselves is taking a chance and they're taking a gamble on you. I could because they, they may they may recoup their investment and they may not. So they have more to lose. You know, and I I understand that from a from a label owner standpoint. They have more to lose than to gain in this kind of scenario. Mm-hmm. So they're taking a guess, you know, an uh, an educated guess. They're guesstimating that they may be successful financially with you. Right. And they may not. 
Right. Which they also put as a tax write-off at the end of the day. Mm, mm. So artists sign away their publishing. They sign away their masters. Those are the two things that you make the most money on. Right. Right. Because people have to buy licenses to use your songs in movies, soundtracks, other people's compilations, someone sampling your music. Someone has to buy, someone has to pay for a privilege to use that. So even after you retire from making music or touring. Residual income. You're getting that money. Residual yeah, income. Yeah. And the only thing that the artists back then were being able to benefit from for the fact that they've already signed away their publishing. Mm-hmm. They've already signed away their, you know, their recording masters. Mm-hmm. So the only way for us to make money is through our shows, mm. which is why back then, I guess now I understand why it took artists maybe about dropping an album every four years. Right. Because you spent maybe about a, how many years or a year making the album and another year promoting the album, half the year promoting the album, and the rest of a year and a half touring, touring yeah. the album. Yeah. So that's the money that's all me because I'm making it up front. Right. I'm not splitting it with no label. There's no middleman. The only person that's probably getting the cut out of it is maybe the promoter and my manager. Right. But that's cash yeah. that I'm making. Now, you know, labels got hip to that. They offer you a contract for you to sign away your show rights, <laughs> your show money. That's crazy. You know, if you want to sign with us, you got to sign this contract for your shows. So, you got to sign this contract for your recordings. You got to sign this contract for your, for your publishing. Yeah. Which is why now I get it, why social media and the digital age has really hurt the industry a lot because a lot of people have seen that and said, you know what? Later for all of that. Yeah. I'll cut all that middleman stuff out. Yeah. I'll be, I can become a star on YouTube. You I know, it's so funny you said that. Because, like, this whole idea of even Mace tweeting something out for the public to now hear and retweet right. or take it from his own words. Like, that wouldn't have happened before. So I think the the um the 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 benefit is coming back to the artists right the um it's coming back on the artist side like mm-hmm. the artist has an opportunity to now voice themselves in ways that they've never been able to before you know so i think it's a good thing right that um like i guess of course social media has its negatives but there's positives as well too um yeah, man. This is a this is a powerful topic, <laughs> I'm man. I'm sorry, man. I just uh had uh someone, Ronald Perinoco, wanna shout him out. Okay. Um on one mic. They I put out the post, you know, for the Shout them out phone to number. one mic, shout yeah. out to Ronald. Yeah, he said, I'm sorry I missed it. I would have loved to chime in. Cool, but, you know, cool. Ronald, if you're listening to this, you know, there's gonna be plenty more opportunities. No doubt, no doubt. <laughs> Thanks for checking that too. I'm we I'm trying to check my phone too as we doing this, you know. Right. But we'll if you're not able to call today. We will be doing uh, some more shows, and we're going to try to switch up the times, too, that we do it. We want to do a late night so that, um, you know, cats can call in as well. But um, either way, you know, shout out to all the folks that be um, on the Facebook groups, like our group Hip Hop Thinks Out the Box and One Mic and stuff. So, And I'm but, also going to shout uh, another thing that I saw Ronald just post just now as it pertains to what we're discussing with Puff. Okay. He said, just don't give... Pro-black speeches like Puff did the other day when you're ripping off your own people. Yeah, 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 yeah. It ain't just one person. Yeah, yeah. 
You got the dude from 112, Q from 112. Word, uh, yeah, he he put out something where he was saying he agrees with Mace. What is it? Every Everybody's lying? <laughs> everybody's embellishing the truth? Has Puff Come made on. a statement yet about this? Not yet. Yeah. <laughs> It's gonna be tough because you're gonna yeah. have you're gonna have every. I think he understands that. Yeah, you've already opened up Pandora's box, and so now if you do say something, you're gonna have everyone that never probably wanted to say anything about it. Yeah, they're gonna come out the woodworks. Yeah, and it's going. You know, the Me Too, the Me Too movement yeah. is popping right now. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So yeah. he might get ambushed, and like I said, his personality is everything. Yeah. Yo, so, I, I'm curious to hear a different perspective on this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, cause shout out to Ed Royal Vision. Um, he 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 wanted to give a, yeah, a, shout out a, to a, a, another perspective on this. So hopefully we'll get him on at some point to talk about it too. You know, um, but yeah, man, um, this is something that has been happening for years and years. You know, but I feel like with social media, is 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 hitting the news a lot mm-hmm. quicker. It's you know, only thing with social media is that things kind of pop up for the moment. They, they're like they're like the topic of the week and then you know for like three days they're like the hot topic and then it's never revisited you know what i mean so my thing is i just want justice for all you know what right. i'm saying like just treat everyone right. fairly you know what i mean like um people gotta people gotta eat too you know and i don't know exactly what types of dealings went on because it's easy for an exec to say yo you know well you didn't read the um yeah. contract you know what i mean but like would you sign that you know what i'm saying that's the yeah, way yeah. i have the record issue like, yeah would you sign that yeah is that right yeah and, and yeah. the thing is nobody wants to get inside their own heads yeah yeah people just want to be greedy yeah and people but that's wanna... why i said ask is it the nature of the business it is, is it like yo yo i have this you signed it you know that's you you should have hired a lawyer you know i guess that 19 years old you should have figured it out you know but um and it's easy to say that. but that's why you said morality right because i think it goes back to the question of morality morality yeah you know what i mean like if i'm paying for a service from someone and i don't know about it i think if you a moral person you would you would you would explain a little bit more as to what it is this relationship you know what constitutes this relationship or what what service you're you're really getting you know what i mean treat somebody the way you want to be treated yeah i would do it that way but i but believe it or not you know it's people that's not like that it just has we just dealing with yeah it has not been the nature of the business yeah to answer that question it has not but that can change yeah it all depends on the individual yeah because that's what i'm asking too like is it the nature of the business or is it the nature of the person it's both (laughs) it's both it's both wow okay it's both. Yeah, this has to be uncovered, man. It's the it's nature crazy. of the business and it's the nature of the person to revolutionize that mm. and to change that. Right. And I think once that happens, then we'll start to really see people's real motives for being yeah. in this industry. And then yeah. that's when I see you'll see the quality yeah. of the music improve. Yeah. Because what are you really in it for? Are you in it for the show and the fame and the show off and to try to cover up your own insecurities and not being loved and not have nobody showing you any attention. Right. So I'm taking up space in an area where I really don't care about perfecting my art form. I don't really care about paying dues. I don't right. care really really care about putting something that's going to stand on the wall for the, for a lifetime. Right. You know, and to inspire somebody else. I just want to be in it just to be seen. Right. You know? And I think when you start doing things like that and you bring the morality out there, then you start to really separate the forest from the trees. Definitely. You know? I could dig that, man. I could dig that. So look, man, um, we're gonna go to our next topic. 
um, which is dealing with a really um, topic near and dear to us. As we're recording this, today is Monday, February 10th, and it is the the 14th year um, anniversary of Jay Dilla's passing. The right. legendary James DeWitt Yancey, Jay yes, Dilla. Yep. Um, we celebrated his birthday on February 7th, a few days ago, and today... The day that we're recording, right? So you'll hear this actual episode later on in the week. Usually we pre-record the episode and then it airs uh, on a podcast on a Friday. But I want to talk about this A-level. I mean, every year we kind of do something on Dilla to kind of recognize him. But it's been 14 years since he's passed. And I feel like his legacy has taken, taken on another life of its own for the better. Um, but you being somebody who put me on to Dilla, mm-hmm. I have no problem saying that my big brother right over mm-hmm. here put me on to Dilla. Mm-hmm. Um, I had heard about him before and it's crazy. I was working for, uh, you know, a music company back in the days and right before he passed, me and you went to a, a listening event for donuts. For donuts. And I feel like two days after he died. And YG was DJing that night. And we saw Diamond D there, too. Diamond D. Yeah. Yep. So, A-Level being a true Dilla fan, because he's been following Dilla from the (laughs) jump, the Slum Village era, the early era. The Umar era. The Umar era. Yeah. Talk to me about, or just talk to us, the listeners as well, about what it means to um, Jay Dilla's legacy 14 years after his demise. All right. Well, Radio World, basically, I just want to expound, and we want to go from the Donuts night. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we went to the album release party. YG, shout out to YG, by the way, uh, you know, Platinum Pie Pipers, man, Bling 47. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Where you at, bro? You know, you need to come out with some more stuff. Um, he was DJing that night. And we went there, and I remember the whole hype for it. And when he was playing Donuts, I was like, what is this? You know what I'm saying? Because I'm used to, you know, rough draft Dilla, um, make them envy, bang them over your head beats and crazy stuff going on. All I'm hearing is just a whole bunch of samples and beats nobody's talking it's just instrumental pieces all the way through just chopped up right and i really didn't understand it at first because i was just kind of thrown off about it but this is who dilla was he was never a person that was staying on one thing for too long he would always constantly be changing reinventing himself so i remember that night yg was on the mic and he was saying that yo y'all um i don't know if he said y'all pray for dilla or whatever Mm -hmm. because um you know, he's not he's not feeling well. He couldn't make it tonight. Mm. And I know around that time was when I started to see little things about him, like the extreme periods of him being fat, you know what I'm saying? Right, 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 right. Gaining a lot of weight and then losing, and losing a lot yeah. of weight. Right, yeah. I didn't really understand what, what was going on with his health. And when he said, y'all, you know, he's not feeling well, I think one of my boys, um, Joe Vila, was there mm. that night. Um 
and he came up to me was saying that, um, yeah, yo, they seen him. Um, he's rolling around in a wheelchair. And he, he was actually on a wheelchair on stage in one of his last performances. And the following day, I got the news. He passed away. For me, Dilla was my biggie. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That hit much more harder to me than anything else because all I thought about was like, yo, here's this dude that I felt like I knew, but I never got a chance to meet him, never got a chance to know him, but I'm never going to hear none of them beats again. Yeah. You know? And from that point onward, it's like I just kind of felt weird all the time because not too many people I could go to knew who this guy was. Right. Because not everybody's a nerd like how I am. You know what I'm saying? Like, not everybody's reading line of notes to see who produced what, you know? So from then, it went to like, okay, here is this guy. I'm like, yo, do you know who JD is? Oh, you talking about JD, Jermaine Dupree? <laughs> nah, nigga, we talking yeah. about JD, man. JD from the UMA, you know, produced for Tribe Called Quest and all this other stuff, you know? Nah, nah, we don't know who you're talking about. So it was frustrating. How could the dopest producer in hip hop, you know, not be known by nobody yeah. and be okay with not being known? You know what I'm saying? Definitely. Because he wasn't no kind of dudes that just be all on a record and saying, doing a whole bunch of ad libs. I mean, he could do that right. and do it real funky and soulful too, but he wasn't about that. So we went from his legacy going from that and people not really knowing who he is um, to how many years later we have documentary films on Dilla, you know, that are being released. The Dilla Foundation is established by Ma Dukes. That's right. You know, and shout um, to Ma Dukes. And you have um, Illa J too. Shout out to Illa J. Artists Illa J. Um, you, you shout you know, and then you had artists that were who were unaware of him at that time. People are now just finding out about him now. You know. So that's the improvements that, that, that have been made in terms of where it stands today. You have um, his music that eventually got put on uh, Cuban Links 2, you know, House of the Flying Daggers and, and, and Raekwon, you know, tapping into him more. Because yep. Raekwon was cool with, with Buster, and Buster was the vehicle for a lot of Dilla, Dilla's beats, especially a lot of his early tracks. Dilla laced him, you know what I'm saying? And uh, I just want to share um, another thing. Okay. Whether people know what people know about him or not, a little nugget. Um, Dilla produced for a group called the Uma. And the Uma, they, they existed somewhere around, I would say, from about 94 to about maybe about 2000. Okay. And the Umar was made up of Q-Tip from A Tribe Called Quest, Ali Shaheed Muhammad from A Tribe Called Quest, mm -hmm. and JD, who Tip ran into when they were on the Low End Theory Tour, you know, back in, I believe, 91, going to Detroit. Okay. And Amp Fiddler introduced them. Okay. And from there on, they kept the relationship, and eventually they started working together. Right. So Dilla was the, he became the Umar sound. Right, right. That whole neo soul kind of vibe and everything like that, everything that you heard on beats, rhymes, and life going into the love movement, right? Which a lot of which really kind of went over a lot of people's heads because 
it was completely different from Midnight Marauders and all of his pre- their previous work. Um, he also produced on De La Soul is Dead, you know, um, whatchamacallit, not De La Soul is Dead, um, The Stakes is High. The Stakes mm-hmm. is High, he produced that track. Okay. And you hear him on Running, um, which is uh, Far Side. So all of this stuff was being done at the same time. But then there's this story where that record that everybody knows about Janet Jackson, you know, Got Till It's Gone. Got Till It's Gone, yeah. Um, The Uma was managed by the same, the Uma was managed by Violator Records. Right. Rest in peace to um, Chris Lighty. Chris Lighty. I mean, he he also managed uh, the Trackmasters. And Dilla says this, and it's documented in, you know, one of these, you know, scarce, you know, obscure documentaries that's out there. Okay. That Dilla spoke with someone, and they, they interviewed him, and he said that he used to wonder why, how we managed by the same company, and Trackmasters is getting all the work. <laughs> They're getting all the things, and we we just getting whatever. So he was starting to get frustrated, and he was like, by the time they got to Janet Jackson, he produced this record called God Till It's Gone. He did the remix. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then the record comes out, and he's seeing that produced by Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. <laughs> I remember him saying that, yeah. So he was like... I forgot what video I seen that. It's probably on YouTube. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And when he saw that, he was like, you know what? I'm I'm out. <laughs> I, I can't I can't do this no more. And at that point... That's when you see the the end of the JD era with the Uma, mm. and then Jay Dilla is born. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Because the first real introduction that we got to them, you know, of course we already have Volume One out with with with, with Slum Village, but Fantastic Volume Two, when that dropped, it's life changing. Life changing. That was wow. a that was a game changing game changing album in terms of how that album was recorded because he right. wasn't just a beat maker. Right, right. He was a dope rapper. See. Dope MC. He was he knew he knew flow and delivery. He understood cadences. He understood how to fit that that soul pocket. So he was just like, you know, and even how they used to do stuff together, like, I don't know. With you, yeah. you, yeah. you can ask my man T three. I ain't the you know what I'm saying? Like all of the stuff that they used to do in harmony. Yeah. You know, I'm like, wow, this is a real thought together, put together album. And after that, you know, I just became a Dilla fan since, you know, this for me to talk about Dilla here, you're going to need it's like gonna three It's going to take, hours. yeah, like three shows, man. <laughs> but what does his legacy mean in 2020? Because I feel like it's grown, it's developed. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually uh, reading a post that this uh, this musician by the name of B. Bosu, I hope I'm pronouncing his name correct. He was just giving like props to Dilla um, and he was saying that if like if what uh, skills, mad skills, everybody know mad skills from Virginia and um, Robert Glasper. And I believe he was uh, also referring to um, Eric Robeson. Um, if he, he was saying if what they say is true about your, you know, your impact, man, like he's so grateful, you know what I mean, um, for what Dilla has left behind. So I think. We have this, I don't, this whole new generation, and, and, and I know B is, is not a, a young dude, but you, we have like people who probably wasn't really checking for Dilla back then or didn't even know about Dilla. Maybe they were too young to even be aware of Dilla. 
and they're now still being influenced by him in 2020. You know, so I think his legacy is a is a is an ever growing one. You know, I'm I'm curious to see what happens another five years from now, but I feel like his legacy is on the upward. You know, um, because a lot of music to this day, you know, especially that soulful music, like you hear remnants of Dilla's footprint in the music. You hear the way that the the drums are programmed. <laughs> Majority of the beats that you hear programmed today, the way they're programmed, with the way that the snare drum is programmed within the time signature, uh-huh. Dilla is credited for that. Definitely. You can credit Dilla to that. Yeah. Because he made, you know, your snare drums pop. Mm-hmm. And knowing how to mess around with different frequencies, shift timing, and, you know, oscillators and low frequency um, filters. He made those. He made those things happen. Right, right. You know, I can only imagine what it was like when you got guys like Common that lived with him, and Word. he said that he used to wake up Yo, watching man. this dude make beats. You know what I'm yeah. saying? What, what that must have been like? It must have been incredible. You know what I mean? Definitely. So, a level. What I want to do, man. Let's. We got the music queued up. Mm-hmm. Let's play a record from Dell. I got donuts. I got rough draft. What you want to go with, man? Let's go with. Or oh, something for donuts or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Let's see. What we got? What's my favorite? Lightworks. Um, don't cry. What's right before Lightworks? Airworks. Um, let's 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 just run, run the run run the the difference. The difference. All right, let's do that. So we are gonna go to a joint from Dilla's uh, Donuts album. Mm-hmm. It's called The Difference. And um, yeah, I want to actually play that, and I want to also play another joint. Mm-hmm. I want to play this new joint from Last Emperor. Um, you know, I'm really feeling this joint. So we're gonna go to that, and then we're gonna go to the Last Emperor joint. Okay. So this is the difference off of Jay Diller's classic album. I can say classic. Yeah. The Donuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
All right, we're going to go to Nothing Like This. This is off a rough draft. Another J. Dilla classic. Dilla, Dilla, Dilla. Mix, 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 mix. Dilla, Dilla, Dilla. Mix, mix. That's what's up. I'm gonna go to this uh, Last Emperor joint, but shout out to Jay Dilla. I love this joint, man. This joint is called Gotta Have Love. Off his self-titled EP. Soon to be released. I'm not sure when is the release date, but it's supposed to be on Dope Folk Records. Let's rap for a second about a special thing that this world is neglecting. Now I was under the impression that love was refreshing. So chill, I'ma still break it down for the session. It's been around since the day this world was born. And since then, it has taken many shapes and forms. Like the kinship ties of love between brothers to the passionate type. Shit among lovers Once love is released It can bring in a peace The same way I love rocking Over these ill beats It's a treat sweeter Than your favorite dessert But even at the same time I know love hurts If your love stands strong Let no one stray it If someone gives it to you Don't you ever betray it No matter what the cost You would be wiser to pay it I can flip it many ways But the best way to say it Is that Yo, this joint is so hard, man. Crazy. Shout out to Last Emperor, man. Need your music. Mm. 
sometimes you lose love though you expect to win Listen to my story as the record spins It was the best of times, it was the worst of times I wish I could go back and reverse the time I didn't think that I could fit it in this verse of mine But my heart just exploded in a burst of rhymes And I'm thinking how could a love five years in the making End up in such pain, full heart breaking Somewhere between a boyfriend and a husband But still I was one row short of the dozen I should have treated her right And she would be here tonight I want to send this brief memo to my ex-wife If there's one thing you carry for the rest of your life On the subject of love, take my honest advice When you find that love, girl, share your soul with him huh. Start a family and grow old with him If he start acting up, you play the role with him Ozzy Davis, Ruby D, Tom Cruise, Nicole Kidman Can all bear witness to this and say Love save their marriages till this day It's the most important sign on life's freeway Even at the expense of sounding so cliche I said you Everything in life for good love depends And in case they didn't hear it Won't you tell them again Even the best of friends must stop dancing when the music ends what happens after that good love collapses like the phoenix it can rise from the ashes but perhaps if that time is never every time we hear this jam we'll be dancing together whether you drop me or whether i dropped you i want you to know that i never forgot you so i write a love song that you and i can rock to the type of love song that we can do the walk to enough love to go around so spread it anybody could get it even with bad credit so if your girl want a hug go give her a hug I send a shout to the city of brotherly love And if you love your brother man, let your brother man know it Ain't a cat alive so damn tough, he can't show it If he thought he was, he thank you for telling him so From the last emperor with that desolate flow And since it seems that we've come to the end of our show I'ma leave a little space for the choir to blow and go I'm just letting y'all know the deal hidden must be revealed until i find that love that's real only with time can my wounds heal Love this joint sure. right here. That's a hot record. It's dope, man. That's that's Last crazy. Last Emperor, man. That's the brand new joint too. Yeah, man. I think it might have been. I I don't know, man. This 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 might have been released before. I'm not sure, but it's supposed. They say it's an upcoming EP. Uh, it's called Gotta Have Love. Want to go to some more music? A level. We don't do this much, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. rock out. Yeah, give me steps under the clapper, B. All right, we gonna go back to Dilla. And I actually want to play um, this Royce the 5-9 joint after that, and then we'll come back, man. We having fun today, y'all. <laughs> you know what I mean? We having fun. We having fun. It's out of the day. 
Dilla, Dilla, mix, 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 That's mix. What's up, man? Let's do this, man. All right. So we said stepson of the clapper. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. This One is all for donuts. Donuts, donuts LP. Jay Dilla. Let's go out go. there and cop that if you're trying to learn. That voice to five nine joint called Overcoming. Gotta play this one, man. Hey yo, hey yo. All we did was slang dope. Mini tech, that's my main hoe. Fish scale pictures. Wish you well, heard you got thirty up north inside me. He ain't need no scale. Ruby shells and Bloomingdale's. Work on the street, he had two for sale. Pistol in your mouth like a root canal. Ashton with the mission, root pistol fools. Put tin on your head, I bet they get you soon. Call side, sign got 30, Bron got 50. I better cook a brick in a jiffy. What? All we did was slang dope. All we did was slang dope. Baby, tech that's baby, bro. Came home scrambling. All you heard was ambulance. Somebody got hit on the corner. 12s out the minivan, they had a cellophane Dashboard had a chandelier Sold grass for years, backing up, tasting tears Hit him up close, you gotta face the face Where I'm from, drive-bys overrated If you got five bodies, then you're famous Get a hammer from the brick, we gotta break it Shit broke the blender, nigga All we did slang dope Search of right like the birth of Christ Breaking every generational curse in life Perverse, concise, make sure the verse is right Return who adverse to the earth, make sure that my hearse is white In the contract, Jewish, to match a grind that's foolish A Quran that's Buddhist Rapping so my Quran and the non-stack moolah As I sign on the dotted line with the passion of a blind tattooist In reaction to slithers from lizard's mouth 
Yellow Wolf, this is your first and your last pass. I ain't gonna put it on blast, your punk ass know what this about. You think it's about being loud or trying to be hostile till you get found face down on the ground outside of Kid Rock House. Though you a vulture pundit, I hope you get sober from this. Men lie, women lie, so do numbers. The energy never lies when you are overcomer. The energy never dies when you are overcomer. I don't rhyme for the likes, I'm who the jealous target. I'm underground for life, this shit is a seller's market. The rich get richer, the poor get more greedy. We need clans A to get what's owed in these board meetings. Rappers catch L's after just squeezing them faux feces. Crackers patting themselves after the teachings of Morris Levy. But I was dubbed the greatest by the gossip. I'm King Tut the haters from this spider cockpit. It's Jacob Custom makes me fire watches. Inspired by Cool J driving slobs with cut creator right beside him. Driving Mazdas, I was labeled drug related by the coppers. A government that through the Republic has been subjugated by the mobsters. Martin got shot on the Lorraine balcony, became alchemy. Was spit on at the hospital when suffocated by the doctors. Michael was sniped at six at night precisely by a laser. Mac Miller died pleading for his life, reciting God's prayer. Immaculately conceived, the product of Nas labor. Ain't shit like me, I'm Chris Lighty, I'm far later. Dedicated to the edification of selling blackness. I feel like Dame yelling at Kevin Lowes over leather jackets. Prince when he told Nas, own your masters or you ass out. Best rapper between Cardi and Meg Thee Stallion is cashed out. It's Detroit. Energy I'm on forever. Shout out to everybody who made it out. And remember, God doesn't call to qualify. He qualifies to call. That's Christine Kane. Amen and amen and amen and amen and amen and amen and amen. Wow. Track is wow. Official, right? Royce is that guy right now. Yo, man, now, I can't B. wait till that album comes out. The I'm allegory. Telling you. It's coming out this month, man. Dude. Black History Month. I am on it. <laughs> Word up. I am on that. So Boys. yeah, man. Um we um And he also spoke about what Prince told him. He said word, word. I need to own your masters. Another <laughs> Detroit artist, man, that's one of the you know, one of the best, I think, in the game, man. Royce, man. His last he's, album was dope. He, he yeah. is the best rapper alive right yeah, now. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, 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 that's me. That's yeah. for me right now. You know what I'm saying? If you're tuning in uh, and you don't know, like you're just tuning in, we were just we just played the the song um, from Royce the 5'9", called The Overcomer. Features West Side Gun on it. Um, really dope record. Uh, and I'm looking forward to that new album, The Allegory, which comes out this month from Royce the 5'9". But let's bring it back, man. We were talking about Jay Dilla. We played some Dilla joints off the Donuts album. We played mm-hmm. something off Rough Draft. Um, so typically we don't really play the music, but we wanted to kind of like play some music on the show today. Um, so if you want to catch the show with the music, definitely log into, um, well, check us out on Mixcloud. We'll upload the show to Mixcloud. Mm-hmm. Um and um, you know, if you're still out there and you want to call in, the lines are still open, man. So give us a call. Uh let me just shout the number out, even though it really doesn't matter at this point, uh, because the show is pre-recorded. But like I said, if you if you um if you want to call in the future, this would be the number to call. So the number is 718-509-9305. 
That's the out the box radio studio line. Out the box. <laughs> All right. So don't just call that number anytime. Wait for us to cue you in the call. And, you know, because we usually record on Mondays and we might be looking at recording on a Sunday night as well. So yep. um, definitely, man. So we got another topic. I feel like our show is a little extended today with the music and everything, but I'm enjoying myself. Are you? I'm having a blast right now, fam, for real. Good, so. good. So um, we're going to go into our next topic, which deals with uh, an interview that uh, Ice Cube had with Talib Kweli on his uh, podcast or his, you know, his show called The People's Party. And the, the topic was dealing with storytelling and pretty much Ice Cube uh, spoke about how storytelling is like one of the highest levels of emceeing, right? So I want to actually go to a clip with that so we can actually hear him speak. And then we'll come back and talk a little bit more about this topic. Cool. So um, let me just pull up the actual clip and go to it. Um, did you see the thing online recently where Slick Rick's name was trending? Yeah. Because someone had asked, who's the best storyteller in rap? Oh, mm -hmm. um, but as Slick Rick's name was trending, your name was was kept keeping up. Like people kept being like, what's up with Ice Cube? What about Ice Cube? Did you mm -hmm. see that? I peeped that out. Okay, okay. I peeped that out. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Word up. Yeah. So, so I, I agree, you know, Slick Rick, when you, we all look up to Slick Rick uh, as, a, as a great storyteller, but you can't have that conversation without mentioning Ice Cube. I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. You know, that's love. I, I, I've always put, you know, um, storytelling rhymes mm -hmm. on the tip top shelf. Yeah. You know, a it rap is. is a rap. A rhyme is a rhyme. A riddle is a riddle. Mm -hmm. But to walk somebody through a story mm -hmm. in a masterful way and in a flawless way mm -hmm. is to me that the, the, the paramount and the, the, tip top of, of right. the game. That's what made Big special. Yeah. And the reason why Slick Rick is to me the best mm -hmm. is delivery, presentation, mm -hmm. um, the changing of voices and styles. And, you know, it's like. All right. So we're going we're gonna to stop right there. I don't want to yeah. play it too long, but that that's from an interview off of um, it's on YouTube from Talib Kweli's show, The People's Party, he recently did with Ice Cube. So um, a level he talked about Slick Rick. Um, he talked about how um, he feels like storytelling is like that highest level, right, of emceeing. What's your thoughts on that? Is do you believe that storytelling is like the pinnacle? of emceeing it is at the pinnacle because it all started on, on one of my earliest records and a lot of probably a lot of guys my age or before my age you know the first the first real rap record that told a a, a story was the message mm. you know what i'm saying don't push me because i'm close to the edge i'm not i'm just trying not to lose my head he was giving you a story about what was happening in the streets. Right. You know what I mean? Not to a Slick Rick level, but, you know, Slick Rick just innovated that. Yeah. He took that someplace else. Mm -hmm. Um, Almost everything that I've ever heard Slick Rick do has been a story. Mm. 
Really? I really can't recall him just spitting bars to be just spitting bars. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You know them kind of tracks where you just kind of slow, you know, my style is like this, I'm so nice and I'm such and such. Never. Right. From from a children's story to Lottie Dottie to the show to Mistakes of a Woman in Love with Other Men. Mm-hmm. Y'all haven't heard that record? Go check it out. Mm-hmm. It's off the Rulers Back album. Um, maybe uh, Hey Young World, you know. Right, right. But that was more so... It was not a story, but that was him giving a message out yeah. to the youth. Yeah. Like, you know, get your stuff together. Yeah. I've never really heard any, you know, terrible records from him. You know what I'm saying? Where it's just about heavy misogyny and everything else. Right. Um, He's just, that That was just his gift. That was just his lane. And not even just guys like him. You got guys that, like what um, Talib mentioned, mm-hmm. big. He told a story in warning. Right. You know, about dudes trying to come get him. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Just to open the album up. You know, that's what that's what that's what he said. That's what made him special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what made him special. Yeah. Cause not too many not too many rappers and not too many so called MCs have that kind of gift. Right. And it, it's not easy. And not to say that, you know, you're any less of it, but it's just that it just makes you separate you from the from the rest. Yeah. Um, you got one another one of my favorite stories. I mean, I, besides I got a story to tell. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. You know what I mean? I kick down, I kick flows for you. I kick down those for you. You know what I mean? And then Cool G Rap. Mm. Oh, yeah. Cool G Rap. Magnificent storyteller. Road to the Riches. Mm. Um, Streets of New York, which was basically like his Melly Mel's message. Mm-hmm. Um, On the Run. I think from On the Run, from that record, a lot of these Gambino flows that you hear in rapping right now mm-hmm. was inspired by that record. Mm. I got a job from the mall making cheese, doing deliveries and pick up, pickups and transporting keys. Yeah, they got me like a flunky money. I'm driving around town with 10 kilos inside my trunk, G. Mm. And I'm holding a suitcase with a half a million dollars on my lap in front of my face. And I'm trying to ignore it, but sometimes I get tempted to go dip and make a run for it. <sighs> The thought it all makes me shiver. Damn, what if I get what if I get caught? They find me floating in the Hudson River. Mm. What if I escape? I'll be in shape all my life, but they might get my kid and my wife. You know, like I love how you recite that, was, man. You yo, remember those lyrics so well. Man, it, he just took you. It felt, you felt like you was in the car with him. Wow. You felt like you was going wherever he was going. Nas is another great storyteller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? It make you feel like you're a part of the story. When somebody can take you where, somewhere with just words, mm-hmm. that's a skill, bro. You know? No doubt. Yeah, I want to give a shout out to the people in the group. Because when we posted about this, um, I made a post. I said, what are your favorite storytelling rap records? Check out mine below. And a lot of people commented. That was dope. Uh, shout out to Greg, Gregory Nick, uh, my boy LeVar, Afrika. She she left a post as well. Eight, the 18th letter, shout out to him. Um, and Jamal, Jamal, shout out to Jamal. So look, I'm, I'm just going to list some of the, the names that they gave. Like Greg said, well, let me start with me because I made the first comment. But I said KRS-One, hold. 
That's from the, uh, I think it's the self-titled KRS-One album. Um, then Nas, I Gave You Power. Mm. From, you know, from It Was Written, mm-hmm. Ghostface, All That I Got Is You. Uh, Greg, Greg Nicholas said, um, Nas, Undying Love. Jay-Z, Meet the Parents. Ghostface, Malcolm Big, Somebody's Gotta Die. Oh, no, Malcolm. Ghostface, Malcolm. And B- Notorious B.I.G., Somebody's Gotta Die. Uh, LaVar said, Biggie, I got a story to tell. Jay-Z, you want, you must love me. Slick Rick, a children's story. Eminem, Stan. Uh, Africa said, Africa, let me correct her name. Africa said, Biggie, I got a story to tell. Give me the loot. Slick Rick, a children's story. And she says, so many. Let me think. Let me think. It's a lot. Um, and Greg said, Dave East, Keisha, he's a newer, he said a newer one. Ghost, he said also said, Ghost has like four other story records. Yo, Ghostface got a lot of story records. He got a mm-hmm. whole album on that. Um, the one he did with Adrian Young. Mm-hmm. Um, 18th Letter says, Slick Rick, Children's Story in a Moment, I Fear. KRS, the P is free and love's gonna get you. Oh, I forgot about love's, love's gonna, gonna get, get you. Yeah. And also, 13 and good. KRS, BDP. Off yeah. the Sex and Violence album, um, uh, um, thirteen and good. Basically talking about it's a story about how some guy gets caught up in a statutory rape situation. Uh huh. Very wow. good story. <laughs> you know, yo, KRS to me, to me, is the best at it. That's just me personally. But he, let me just say that he's my favorite in terms of storytelling because he just, he just, they don't call him for the teacher for no reason. Like he really. Yes. He pronounces his words so clearly. Like, yeah. I mean, J. Ruder Damager. J. Ruder Damager. Can't stop the profit. Can't stop the profit. Crazy, man. You can't stop the profit. Yeah, I posted that. And part two. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Um, 18th letter also said, um, Nas, One Love. He also said, I gave you power. Outcast, Decatur, Psalms, and the art of storytelling. Look at that, the art of storytelling, right? Like, yeah, yeah, right. So right, easy, right? Right, Because right. <laughs> that Slick Rick was on that. Was this, yeah. that was a joint? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Slick, Slick, Slick got it, man. Yeah. Slick is a poster child for that. Yep. Uh, get ghetto boys, mind playing tricks on me. Yeah. Yup, yup. Yep. Biggie, story to tell, of course. Scarface, Big, yeah, yeah. Big L, casualties of a dice game. <laughs> Word. Elzai, two sixteens and seventeen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Elzai, man. Elzai, one of my too. favorites, man. He can do it. Two sixteen is really dope, man. Mm-hmm. I actually did a a, a a lecture series dealing with uh teaching youth how to think critical when it comes to listening to hip hop. And that was one of the records that I used as a reference for hip hop that makes you think. Mm-hmm. Uh the Elzai two sixteens. Shout out to Elzai. We interviewed yeah. him last year on um the podcast and he's been on the show on the TV show as well. So really good brother. He's in my, he's my top three. Like, we need to get him in this setting right here, bro. Yeah. We need to have him in person. <laughs> good brother too, man. Uh, big poo, the cycle, uh, killer Mike, Joe, Joe's chilling. So shout out to 18th letter. You gave a lot of, st- uh, a lot of tracks, man, that like qualify as storytelling raps. Word. Um, Shout out to, let me see, Jamal. Jamal said, Coogee rap on the run. BDP, love's going to get you. Nah, small world. Slick Rick. Who who rotten? Who rotten them? You know that? Who rotten them? I'm not familiar with that one, but that's what's up. Mm-hmm. 
Um, he also said, Nate Dogg, One More Day, Ice Cube, Once Upon, Wu-Tang, Babies, BDP, 13 and Good. <laughs> he said it. 13 and Good. Snoop, Murder Was the Case, Gangstar, Chaos, Lost Boys, Renee, or Rich and Shameless. He gave a lot of <laughs> West Coast joints, so I had to shout him out for that, man. That's what's up, man. Right, nah, so Star Wars. He also said, Great. I forgot to mention Ice Cube higher. Yeah, yeah. St- yeah, Nas, yeah. Star Wars. I remember, um, people don't remember this one so much, but off of um, the Street Disciple album, Nas had a, a track called uh, Unauthorized Autobiography. The Rock Him, yeah. Yeah. I feel like Street Disciple, people pretty much forget about. It was a double album. Yeah, it, it was a forgettable song. You think you think it's, a, it's just it's not, it, it shouldn't have been a double oh album, man. bro. Oh man! But that's enough with the story, you know. Yo, we trying to get <laughs> trying to give Nas props for the street disciple. Yo, yo, so oh, um, man. yo, A level man, I had a good time today, man. Uh, let me see, I had something else to say on this topic. We got one more asterisk, man. Can right. We, can we, can we throw in the J-Watch in there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, J-Watch. Let me, just, let me just hit you with this last... I think it was something else I wanted to say about this storytelling topic. Um, all right, oh, I wanted to give my take on it. So I think... Okay, I think storytelling is at the top, um, but I also would put... Um, I, don't, I don't know if there's a category for this yet, but... I feel like there's only a handful of rappers that can do this. And that, for me, and you can name who you think can, but these three rappers embody the ability to be funny, be comedic with their raps, but also be witty. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that is a really high level of emceeing. It's something that I really enjoy. Um... And there's only three MCs that I can name right now that I know has has done that really well. And they've all done it in their own way. So being able to be witty and also be, like, comedic, funny. Mm-hmm. But not funny to just be funny, but, like, funny and clever with your rhymes, with your, you know, your rhyme approach. And MF Doom is able to do that yeah. really well. It's, like, probably the main reason why I really like him as an MC and why he's my favorite MC. Um... Like my number one. And Fonte. Fonte. You know, he's he does it. He doesn't do it like Doom, but he does it more like a, a everyday person relatable way. Mm-hmm. And of course, the late, great Sean P. Sean P had a way of being very, very funny. And it, it probably had to do with his personality too. He was just a, like, you know, overall hilarious dude. You right, know what I'm saying? Right. But he did it in his own way too. He, he infused like the street. Doom does it in a way where, like, he's... It's, like, street slash, like, comic book slash intricate, you know, um, you know, old school movie type vibe. You know what I mean? He's more, like, like real intricate with it. But the one thing that they have in common is that they're all funny. Yeah. And I feel like I don't know that many MCs that's been able to do that. So, and I, I people don't talk about it as a category, but I just feel like that's just something to me... That's a high level of MCing for me. Do you yeah. know any like people that any other MCs that you can think of know, that's like that? I don't know too many people outside of that. Yeah, you just like mentioned. you understand what I mean, though, right? I totally get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, totally get it. Like I, I, I think that to be witty and to be funny at the same same time. time yeah, they'll say stuff like you know, 
That's just bad funny. Like, mm-hmm. like I could, I go through endless rhymes, endless lines. You know what I mean? Um, like Doom got a line on um the Victor Vaughn album where he says um leave a rapper leave a rapper in a body cast. You wonder what the hell he was doing while we while we was in karate class. You know what I <laughs> mean? Like that's yeah. crazy funny. You know or, 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 or the mint test. Yeah, you know, fellas don't fast. Some girls just need to eat the whole thing of crest. You know right. what I'm saying? Who says that in their word, yo? Yo, so that's 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 that's. I think that's a high level of MC, and it's the reason why I put it out there is because it's rare. You don't really hear a lot of people that can do that. You know what I'm saying? Um, so the other thing I wanted to say about this topic, and we'll jump off of it, is um, what place do you think storytelling has for the progression of hip hop of the hip hop art form? Can hip hop survive without it? Do you think hip hop will still be able to? hold this ground as this really dope art form. I don't think hip hop can survive without it because it's not surviving without it. Yeah. You don't don't have too many people that's doing that right now. That's right. That's right. That's something else I wanted to talk about. I agree with you. I don't think hip hop can survive without it. It, it, Maybe it'll survive but it won't be the hip hop we know. It'll be something something else. else. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I I feel like Which is what I think that's what's happening now. Yeah. I think it's just turning into something else. It's diverting. It's Whatever's happening right now, there's the hip hop that we knew, that we know, and then there's this offshoot that's going someplace else. Yeah, that's that's how I feel right now. You know, that's the reason why we constantly referring to what was and what's not happening anymore, and is hip hop still doing this? Yeah. Hip hop still still doing that? If it was still doing that, we wouldn't really be talking about it as yeah. much. I think that there's some sort of a change happening. Yeah, where you know the hip hop as we knew it. Is not it's like that, and then there's something else happening. Yeah, yeah. Because a lot of the core principles that was happening in this legacy, the lineage, I'm not really seeing lineage anymore. Mm, mm, mm. All I'm seeing is I don't see origin. I don't see in, in today's music. You know, I don't see too many guys where I see their origin, and I see the lineage, so I don't see where they're going. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're also missing conceptual albums. Mm-hmm. Not saying that they're not being released, but they're very like you might get like one or two a year. And I guess to go with the theme of storytelling, like conceptual albums really they to me they're also the pinnacle of releases. Whenever somebody releases like a an album where it's like based on one topic. And it doesn't have to be an album that reads like a story from track one to track 13 or whatever. Right. But like just going with a particular theme that when you hear the whole album, it just kind of cohesively comes together. I think we don't see that that much. Not, I'm not saying that it isn't like we don't get to see it still, but I feel like it's way less than it was before. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that's my take on storytelling and hip hop and that topic, man. So any any uh, any last words about that topic or we good? No, we good. We good. We good. I think I dragged that topic nah, a little nah. bit. So um go ahead man, the next topic and our last topic. Thank y'all for staying with us. <laughs> I just want to say that I appreciate it. It's a longer show today, but you know we happy. We happy to be here to talk to you. So we're going to go with our last topic, but not least, right? Cuz this is a a hot topic, right? This is a hot topic, and it's an, the mo- one of the most annoying topics. Um, <laughs> hot and annoying, right? Right back to J-Watch. J-Watch, can we get some sound effects or something going on? J-Watch. Yeah. 
Jay Watch, Jay Watch Alert. Um, Jay Watch. And when I say Jay Watch, we we mean um, basically watching out for Jay Electronica's final album release. You know, his album, first album release. It's funny <laughs> you, you know. say final right, album. Right. I guess for me, I'm you thinking mean final finally. album release. I'm thinking, date? I'm thinking finally. <laughs> I'm hoping it's the final <laughs> debut album release date. <laughs> so basically, he he uh, tweets, you know, album done. Uh, a life, you know, my my my, my life testimony, um, or written testimony after December twenty sixth. For 40 days and 40 nights, you know, the album's finished. So where do we take that? Because we've heard things before and it hasn't happened. And here we are 12 years later from Exhibit C. Man. (laughs) Yo, shout out to the hip hop group. You know, hip hop things out the box on Facebook as well as one mic. On Facebook. Now, there's so many responses to this. And unfortunately, a lot of the responses are in common, right? People are like, yo, I'm tired. Like, just release it and People stop talking done, about man. it. Done. Like, I, I feel the same way. But what I do think... And this is all contingent upon if he actually releases it on the date that it's supposed to come out. I do feel like, because people are saying that this record is going to be like unreleased shit or stuff that, you know, he digged up that was just kind of sitting there and it might not sound that good. It might be like a lost tapes. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Uh, I don't think it's going to be a lost tapes. Because of the way he recorded it. Yeah. If he recorded it beginning December 26th, then there's a likelihood that it's going to be some fresh tracks. That's probably the only optimistic thing I have about the pro- project. Um, but I'm not sold on the release date. I'm not sold that we'll get it that soon. Yeah, because 40 days from December 26th means it's sometime this month. Right. right. Or in March. Sometime yeah. this month. In March, uh, yeah. You know, yeah. My in, in March, March. yeah. So we'll, we'll have to see, you know. As much as I hate the fact that, like, you know, this dude has taken this long, I just must say that I guess for me I must be a true fan because I'm still hopeful. It you know, you know, you, you, you know, I'm still hopeful. It's like, you know, there's plenty of fans out there that's like, you know what, I still got to hear it. It's something intriguing about this dude mm-hmm. that, all you have, especially when you go to concerts, is just mixtape material yeah, 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 yeah. and stuff that you've collected over the last twelve years. You know, in um, in freestyles, in appearances, and you've collected that, and people actually made albums of that, right? To kind of tie them over, yeah. You know, for not having patents of mobi- of nobility, right? Right. Still waiting for patents of nobility. I think, honestly, in my personal opinion, he scrapped that album. He's, I think he scrapped it. Yeah, and which I think I, I don't think is a bad thing either. Did he give a name for the album? I don't know he what did, the right? name. Of the, I don't know if the album is a written testimony. I thought that that's what the album is—a written oh, testimony. Okay. You know, because because right. right after he said uh, um, album done, a written testimony. Then he said December twenty-six. He shouted out Jay too, right? Did he say yeah, Jay was on it? Yeah, he said yeah. you know 
he was hyping that up like you know that's like the greatest was probably gonna be a yeah, real yeah. good song you know yeah. what I'm saying that was giving me like when he's with the whole Rock Nation collab I thought that was kind of like that gave me a little optimism but I it, it didn't really manifest for me you know you know the reason why I'm I'm still kind of excited because music as a whole not in some parts but music as a whole to me is still somewhat boring to me right now mm-hmm. I haven't really and that's what I loved about Jay is that he you know you don't get those kind of artists that come in they're kind of like generational talents that come up that that come by but so often mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. make you excited about music again or make yeah. you excited to to buy a record again yeah. he was one of those guys and this is the reason why people were just so frustrated with him because yeah. he had the ear of not just hip hop but just the entire music world yeah. <laughs> it was and his impact was similar to like when to me like i think about kanye when when kanye first came out it was like this breath of fresh air this whole new perspective but it was a perspective that i identified with the everyday people mm-hmm. don't talk to me about kanye today i don't know uh. what, what is going on <laughs> you know what i'm saying uh but I, I, it's the same thing with like j cole j cole came in made that impact and i think when j electronica came in it was big yeah he was coming with some heavy mental stuff yeah yeah and that's the gap that's missing from a mainstream perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, from that guy who he can walk in any plateau that he wants to walk in, whether yeah. it's underground, independent, everything, because he's been there. But he transcends all of these lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And still remains him. You've seen him before? You know what I'm saying? Live? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I've seen him. Well, obviously, I did an interview with him. The last time I seen him out perform, the box TV. Uh, me and my boy, shout to, shout to Gerard, shout to um, Divine Majesty. Okay. Um, we went to go see, watch him at Brooklyn Bowl. That was the last time we saw him. That was like sometime yeah. last year. I and seen him. This was around the finals when the when it was the Cavs against the Warriors. The oh, last word. Time. That okay. Was, that was the last time. And that good. dope. I seen him at least I want to say about three times, um, and every time I see him perform, he he captures. He's one of them artists that like will go into the crowd, and will yeah. like rock with the crowd. Yeah. Like he's he like really he he people friendly as an artist. He did that. Yeah, there's no ego. Like he's very. He has a lot of humility. You know, he'll go into the crowd. He'll talk to the crowd. I really like seeing him perform because he'll do like impromptu stuff that makes the the performance pretty dope. Um, Also, I'm going to just plug it, right? For people that don't know, yours truly for Out The Box TV, we did an interview with Jay Electronica, (laughs) a video interview. So like you can see me in the actual actual shot. It's on, is it on YouTube? No, it's on Vimeo. I think it's on Vimeo, uh, and you can just check, look for Out the Box TV, just J re- Electronica. I want to repost that, man. Yeah, I'm going to have to repost that, man. But the other thing I want to say about J Electronica is I think it would have been more believable if he would have, like, released a song or something. Like, don't just hit us with the, oh, album, done. <laughs> like, hit I us with a song or hit us with some type of promotional video. Then people are like, oh, we've never got that yet. He reminds me as one of those kind of artists. He's intrigued. He yeah. likes, he loves intrigue. The whole mystery of it. Yeah. You waiting. 
no, I'm not gonna release well, we've it. Waited long I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna release it. Release it traditionally. Yeah, I'm not gonna give you no single. I'm just gonna release it like this is a piece of work. Yeah, that you've been waiting for. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And we've yeah. waited long enough. I get it. I, I can't get it. wait no more. I get it. Yeah. I get it. I get it. For me, yeah. I, I got tired of waiting too. I just yeah. moved on to other things. But just be, if he drops it, I'm I'm here for it. Yeah, I'm still gonna take it. I'm still listen to it. Yo, we need you know? to do a show one day, a level yeah. on. Albums, classic albums, or the most anticipated albums that have yet to come out. Or never came out. Right. And Detox, what, we could talk about Detox right. as well, too. That was an album that we, I heard about for right. over a decade. Right. And the album never dropped. Yeah. You know, it was supposed to come out, like, not too long after the Chronic 2001. Yeah. And Detox obviously signaling, okay, right. I'm done with drugs. I'm done with everything. Yeah. And... Instead of him actually releasing the album, he's so much of a perfectionist. Artists like him and artists like Jay Electronica, artists like Prince, they don't care about what their fans think. Right, right. You fans follow me. I don't follow fans. That's right. You know what I'm saying? I, I release it when I'm done, and if I don't like it, you'll never hear it. Wow. And we'll probably never hear Detox because he dropped Compton <laughs> instead. So There's I, I a think- science, I believe, behind... Why these albums don't get released? I feel like there's something in common, but we gotta, you know, uncover this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I like, I feel like, I don't hold my breath for this stuff no more. Like I, I just focus on what I think is dope, because mm-hmm. then that that should give it's you a just headache. Artist like thinking him, about it all the time. He has so much to say on politics, and culture, and religion. And he speaks, and it touches people on so many different levels, and you're not getting enough of that in mm. hip-hop right now. Mm-hmm. Hip-hop should be ashamed of itself right mm. now, you know, because it's really a shell of itself right now because it's really not talking about... Well, I'm not going to say that it's not talking about what's happening right now because it is, and what's happening is everybody's smoked out and everybody's drugged up and everybody's just just talking about death, you know what I'm saying? But it's not speaking as, you know, as to what needs to happen, Okay, you know, and... What needs to come together? It's not enough positive, come together, self destruction kind of records where hip hop used to stand for something. Right. You know, now it's just falling for everything. Look, man, that's where we have to change <laughs> it. That's where our I feel like we have a very important role to play as journalists, as you know, uh, as media, as radio. We gotta. That's why I continue, you know, to push those dope artists that I think don't get the recognition. Like, it's all about sharing that and, and promoting it more, you know. And I know it's going to, not everybody's going to get it at the same time, you know, but I feel like hip-hop, regardless of what people say, like, hip-hop still stands strong. You just got to now know where to find it. You know I mean? It's just yeah. not abundant. It's yeah. not abundant. Not like you know it, what I'm yeah. saying? It, it needs to be abundant. And in order for real change to take effect, it has to happen on a united level. We need to stand united, we stand, or divided, we fall. You know what I'm saying? That's what's up. So, man, on that note, I want to thank everyone for listening. If you've been listening to the show from the beginning to this point, I truly, truly thank you. Or if you tuned in, like, later on and you just caught it, (laughs) you know, it is a podcast, so you can catch it on demand whenever you want. Um... Definitely share the show if you like it. You know, tell other people about it. Um, we are on Anchor.fm. We're on Spotify. We are on 
Apple Podcasts. We're on Google Podcasts. We're on a number of um, uh, like digital platforms where you can find podcasts. I'll actually try to like post up like all, all you know the the full list of them. But um, definitely you know listen and and share. And if you want to be a a guest on the show, just hit us up. You know, send me a DM. Send a DM to Out the Box Media on Instagram. Uh, you could also DM me at Out the Box Media on Twitter. And if you're able to DM me on Facebook, I think they can like direct message on Facebook. You could do it through Out the Box Radio. So we want to include you. You know what I mean? We um because we feel like we have a lot of valuable listeners out there. So feel free to hit us up. Uh, we usually record on Mondays, but I think the next time we'll record will probably be a Sunday night. So we'll give y'all a heads up so that for the night folks that are not able to call in the day, you guys can call in. But, you know, shout out to everybody on the Facebook group again, Hip Hop Thinks Out the Box. Um, and, you know, if you're listening for the first time, hit us up on the group. It's called Hip Hop Thinks Out the Box. Um, and, you know, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll look forward to hearing from you. Any last words, A-Level, before we get out of here? Uh, last words. It's not even really words, if you don't mind. I'd like to just have a brief moment of silence for, um, you know, um, some two people. Uh, well, for the family of, uh, for, for, for Kobe Bryant, and also for a good friend of mine who just recently had his fiance pass away. I'd just like to have a brief moment of silence for um, Kobe Bryant and uh, Chrissy Ajele. Yeah, peace and blessings to both uh, both families. You know, our prayers are with you guys. You know, look yes. up. The best is yet to come. Definitely. Condolences, my condolences and prayers with the families. You know, but um, on that note, man, thank you all for listening. We really appreciate you. Um, and we'll be back. We, you know, we our goal is to keep the show going consistently. We'll be having guests on the show. Um, we want to at least put a show out at least twice a week. Did I say? No, I'm wrong. Not twice a week. Every other week. But the way we move it, we might end up putting some 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 double header shows out, you know, like back to back shows. But the the official schedule is every other week, and usually the show airs every Friday. So um, Friday uh -huh. morning, to be exact. On Out the Box Talks, we reserve the right to be selective That's right. to what we listen to. Um, we also reserve the right to constructively critique uh -huh. things, you know, um, out of love and growing, of course, and pushing the culture forward. And with that, we say peace, peace and one love. Peace, Thank peace, you for tuning peace. in to Out the Box.